Youth in Leadership and Exploits Conference 2021. Theme, Emerging a Leader and Financial Giant. Powered by Fairhaven's Christian Center. I'm always excited when I want to come and talk with young people because I had my encounter with God as a young person. Hallelujah. I remember a few years ago, well, it's not a few years ago now, uh, one day, I think I was 14 years old. Anybody here today who is less than 14? 14 and below, anybody? Yeah, less than 14. Let me see your hand. Uh-huh. Good. I remember going for a program like this. Um, and in that program, I went to that program with a hunger. Amen. The Bible says the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut short. I always try to encourage people when you come before God's presence, come with expectations. I went for that particular program with expectations. It was a youth event. And that day I remember going to the program the night before it was supposed to start. It was a camping event. I was supposed to sleep there for like four days, three days. But I went there a day earlier. And I remember nobody was around. I came to the front of the place to pray. And I stayed there and I said, God, over these three days, I want you to do something in my life that will separate me from the crowd. And in my, it's one of my earliest recollections of God talking to me. I said, God, distinguish me. Separate me from the crowd. And God answered me before I left that place. He said, that's not my job. I said, how do you mean? He said, remember the Bible, what the scripture says. The scripture says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. You want me to differentiate you, differentiate yourself. You want me to separate you from the crowd, separate yourself from the crowd, and then I will draw near to you as well. So in that particular conference, I told myself, what will I do to be different? And I made some agreements with God in that conference. I said, when everybody is playing, I'll be praying. When they are eating, I'll be praying. When never, whatever they are doing, I will create special time for you so that you can create special time for me. And I can't forget that season of my life because that season of my life opened me up to a number of interesting things that God will do in my life. And I'll tell you a few stories today in the few minutes that we have. But I'm trusting God that people from here today who are listening to me will become giants in their generation in Jesus' name. That God will bless you. God will give you clarity. God will give you visions. God will give you dreams. And God will give you the empowerment to actualize them in Jesus' name. Now, after this encounter at the age of 13, 14, I began to do some very interesting things in my life. And I think the origin and the beginning of everything is clarity from God. So I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a few stories, and then I will show you something very interesting in God's word that we can apply to our lives. From that encounter, I began to do a variety of things. Now, my father was a teacher, my mother was a nurse. They were not really earning exceptionally well. They were civil servants. My mom is late now, uh, of blessed memory. My dad is still alive, going to be 80 anytime from now, uh, in a few years. And I grew up in, a, in an environment where the total salary of my parents was not really enough to take care of everything we need to take care of. I went together. So I found myself from, a teenage, from teenage years, I realized I needed to do business. I started business as a teenager. My first, my first profitable business was selling what, what we later knew many years later to be risky burger. I was buying bread, frying egg, and selling bread and egg. And, you know, you wonder, really, how? So I borrowed some money, quite some money at that time, and every morning I would go to the bakery with a wheelbarrow to load bread. And we'll load the bread, we'll load eggs, and we had a very interesting proposition of how we could sell it. 
I and a friend partner together. And we fried the eggs, put it in the bread cell to students, and we made good money. After that, I learned how to make cards, greeting cards, birthday cards, Valentine cards. And we make cards, I'll make cards and sell. After a while, I realized, you know what, I need to do other things. And why? I just felt, let me also do something to contribute to what is happening in my house. Um, before I left secondary school, I started a barbing salon. These days, I don't bab my own so much anymore. <laughs> but I had a barbing salon, and I, was, I wasn't babbing like a normal barber. I will go to a school, apply to bab all the students, and probably that will take like three days, we we'll bab, 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 all shapes and sizes of heads. I remember going to speak somewhere about five years ago. I went to speak in a particular event, a very high-profile event, and as I was speaking, somebody raised up his hand in the audience. I said, you have babbed my hair before. <laughs> he said, you have babbed his hair before. I said, I cannot recognize your head. <laughs> there were many heads. Somewhere along the line, before my 18th birthday, I actually got a shop. Um, the shop back then cost 12,000 naira per annum to rent. I did signage. The name of the business was called Adonai Ventures. I'm telling you my story. And I'm hoping to inspire you to start your own story. What were we doing in Adonai Ventures? Adonai Ventures, we had Adonai Babas. We had Adonai Dry Cleaners. So I started doing dry cleaning business. Not really dry cleaning. Wash, iron, starch, and packaging nylon. Uh, started doing dry cleaning services, making cards, and a variety of things. And at different junctions in my life, opportunities will come. But essentially, I started on a path of realizing, you know what? You can make a difference. You can create value. You can solve problems for people and earn money doing it. And if you want, and I remember many of my friends will ask me, Adiolu, why are you doing all this nonsense? And I remember one thing I used to tell them then. I remember one of my friends asking me, why are you selling bread and egg? And I said to one of them, I said, one day, many years from now, I will tell these stories and people will look at me and they will not be able to believe it. But what I'm doing today is I'm building my own story. I'm creating my own history because a time will come when all the things that I will learn in that phase will be useful in my life. Now, we're here, we're children of God. I want to say something to you. If you... The reason why we have a relationship with God is not, that, it's not so that we will tell our friends that I have a relationship with God. The reason why we have a relationship with God is because that relationship with God needs to manifest in the way I live my life. The clarity which I live my life, the guidance for the things that I do and the opportunities that are come my way and how I harness them. Now... I remember one very interesting day in my life. It was the day that I moved from... When I left school, I told myself I would do business if I don't get a job. If I don't get the job that I want to get, I will do business. So, God, if you want me to get a job, interrupt me with a job. Otherwise, I will follow this course that I have come to understand. And I, you know, I remember going for interviews back in those days many years ago now, about 20 years ago. And one day, there was an interview I did that was like three hours. But, but yes, only me. And after they asked me so many questions, it became clear why I had done the things I had done earlier. Because it was if everything I had done had prepared me for that particular interview. And I want to tell you something today, as you are here, God is passing you through different processes. Some of them look like challenges. Some of them look like exciting things. They look in different formats. God is preparing you. Tell your neighbor God is preparing you. Now, i tell you something very quickly. So, two parts. One, how can I become this established person in my youth? How can I start from where I am today and become a person that can be inspirational to my generation? How can I become that person who emerges as a giant in my generation? 
One, one of the key things we must all learn, and I think Jesus Christ spoke it very eloquently. He said, anybody who wants to be great, let him be servant of all. The pathway to greatness is service. Say with me, the pathway to greatness is service. Can you say it loudly? The pathway to greatness is service. Now, what does that mean? It means if you are ever going to be great, it will be because you served. There's a formula for wealth creation. Anybody who wants to make money in this world, there's a formula for making money. Is there anybody here who wants to make money? Okay, sorry. Is there anybody who doesn't want to make money? He's not interested. There's a formula for wealth creation. It says W equals to VKN. You can write it down. W equals to VKN. W equals to VKN. What is W? Wealth. Very good. What is V? Hello? Vision. I want to bless anybody that gets V with $20. What is V? Who said value? Who said value first? If you said value, raise up your hand. You said value first. This is it first. Eh? They said it together. Yeah, come, both of you come. I'll ask you one question to break the tie. How much is one dollar today? You said five sixty-five. You said five seventy. Today's price. Okay, go ahead and share it. <laughs> now listen to me. W equals to VKN. Wealth, W is wealth. V is value. What is value? Value is the result of a problem solved. You are adding value to something or you are providing value to something when you are able to solve a problem. Hello? Every time you solve a problem, you have created value. Every time people have a challenge and you are able to make it easier, faster, better, quicker, you have solved a problem. You have added value. You will only be wealthy to the degree to which you solve problems. Hello? And that's why as young people, many times, they'll say, go and do this. Go and do this. Go and do that. It may not pay you. It's training. It's training for positioning you to begin to learn how to solve problems. But it's not only problem solving. Somebody is wealthy when he is able to solve problems. What is N? VKN. What is N? N is the number of people that you solve problems for. That I can be wealthy if I solve a big problem for one person. I can make money. But I can make a lot if I solve a big problem for many people or if I solve a small problem for many people. Are we together? If I ever want to create wealth, I need to think in what problems do I want to solve, what value I want to create, and how many people am I creating it for? That's why, for example, people want to use platforms that give them access to a lot of people because the more the people you are solving the problem for the wealthier you can become why is why is Jeff Bezos so rich why is Bill Gates so rich why is Mark Zuckerberg so rich why is Elon Musk so rich if you look at it very well you will ask yourself what's the problem solved and how many people does he have how many people does it reach? You know, somebody owns Facebook. The same person owns WhatsApp. Same person owns Instagram. How many of you are locked down to that value-adding machine? So, is it, is it, the problem you solve may be small, but if you solve it for a lot of people, it creates wealth. Are we together? Which is the bigger problem? 
my computer is spoiled, I want to fix it. Or I am bored, I want to watch football. Which is a bigger problem? Computer. Yes? But why are computer repairers not richer than Ronaldo? Because the number of people that is reached by entertainment is multiple millions and this computer repairer is probably repairing only five computers per week. That even though the value of solution to boredom that Ronaldo offers is 50 naira. If there are 20 million people watching it, that's 1 billion. Are we together? Now, 100 million. So what am I saying today? I'm saying wealth is created when we have a service mindset that solves problem and adds value to a number of people. And K is, in mathematics, we have what we call coefficient or constant. We have constant, Abby. Uh -huh. K is constant. It's what they call the coefficient. I call it the coefficient of perception. That it's not only important to add value, how is my value perceived? How does the person I'm adding the value to value my value? So, in Nigeria, for example, the value of life is not the same as the value of life in some countries. Are we together? In some countries, something happens to you on the road, you can call 911 and somebody will come and they'll come and carry you. Here, yeah, if you call 911. Hello? You will not even call 911, you will call mommy. <laughs> or call daddy. <laughs> because there's no system in place yet to solve some of those problems. There is developing, but it's not popular yet. Now, so that's the first part. First part is if I will ever be able to create greatness, I must begin to think in terms of how can I solve problems for a lot of people? When can I begin to solve problems? When I'm 40 years old? Or right from now? Are we together? There is nobody here in this place who is not qualified to already solve problems. There's a book I like very much. I, was, I saw a young boy and I asked, when, when I spoke with the boy, I asked somebody to help me get the book so that I can give him. The title of the book is Rilonia. It was a story of a nine-year-old boy who started business at nine, age nine. And by 14, he was already being introduced to go and meet with the president in the White House. Meaning that there's no how, there's no barrier to being able to solve problems and generate value. But one key thing I'd like us to learn today with the few minutes I have left is how do I understand where I am in my journey? And how do I ensure that for where I am in my journey, I am doing the right things to prepare and position me for where I need to be. I was together. So in my story I was telling you, I worked for a few years, and then about some years ago, I decided to resign from my job and started doing business. And I believe that I didn't do it because I felt like doing it. I did it also because I felt led to do it. I felt it's time. Deolu, it's time. And what I want to share with us very quickly today is a very small case study that basically shows us the times of our lives and helps us understand what should I be doing today to prepare for where I'm going. If you know that there is greatness in your future, can you say amen? amen. Now, if you have caught a glimpse of that great future, then what must I do about it? And how can I begin to arrange my life and myself to be able to get there? Let me tell you something. If I call two people today and I ask them what do you want to become, they will say different things. Why? Why will somebody say, I want to be a teacher? Another person will say, I want to be the president. Another person will say, I want to be an entrepreneur. Another person will say, I want to be a musician. And they are all children. But they are choosing different things. Why? Because when God created each of us, he created us with differences, with unique things. Are we together? With unique passions, unique talents, unique giftings, and already coded us to be suitable to particular things. And one of the key places where we begin to know those differences is in our desire. Are we together? Everything that man will eat, man didn't pray for it before God created it. 
God already created what man will eat before man came. On the day that man said, I am hungry, God didn't say, what do you like to eat? Man didn't say, I like to eat fish. And then God said, okay, let me create fish. No. Before man was hungry for fish, fish was already created. What does that mean? It means, listen, it means whatever it is you find in your desire, if your desire is not to hurt somebody else or to maim somebody else or to create danger for somebody else, whatever you have naturally oppressing your desire is an indication that that thing exists. Are we together? Somebody said it this way. It says desire is possibility-seeking performance. Are we together? It means if you desire to be president, presidency is in your future. If you desire to be great, greatness is in your future. If you desire, you are looking at this keyboard. Some people are looking at this keyboard and wondering this is taking space. Some people are looking at this keyboard and feeling one day I will stand behind this keyboard and I'll just be present and everything will make sense. If you have that desire, that means it's possible for you. That desire is what God places in your heart to begin to recognize the unique giftings and craftings that he gave you. Unique to you. The reason why two of us don't want the same thing is because two, two separate things are pre- we are prepared for two different things. Are we together? If there is greatness in your future, can you say amen? amen. Now listen, I'll t- take a very quick case study. And my case study today is the life of a man called Joseph that I'm sure we are familiar with. And this man called Joseph, I particularly like him I'm drawn to him. And you have people in the Bible you are drawn to like that. When you read the Bible and you read about particular people, you feel this person is like there's something in this story for me. Joseph is one of those people for me. But Jesus is the ultimate person for all of us. But Joseph is a very interesting reminder. And with Joseph, Joseph became prime minister in Egypt at the age of 30. Are we together? That's at the pick off his like youthfulness. He became in charge. Pharaoh says, the Bible says he was like father to Pharaoh. It means he was running the government. Are we together? You know there's person, there's person you see and they say, ah, that's the president. And there's somebody else that you don't see. That is the person telling the president what to do. <laughs> ah. Joseph had the opportunity of ruling the most civilized country in the world at the age of 30. How do I know it's the most civilized country in the world? That's the country where writing started from. You know, I tell people, I, I say that God is very interesting. God wanted to write the Bible. So he sent Moses to where writing will be invented. So that the things that he had done in Genesis before Moses was born can be captured and documented. God is very deliberate. Are we together? So we have Joseph, a young boy born long before Moses, who one morning while he was on the... And I, I, I captioned this, I look at this case study with with seven P's, seven P's. Just write down in your book, seven P's. They all start with P, and there are seven of them. The first P, or the first place you find Joseph, is in a place called Padanaram. Padanaram. Padan. That's the name of a town where he was born. Padanaram. P-A-D-A-N-R-A-M. Padanaram. In Padanaram, the characteristic of Padanaram, Padanaram is, is a land that is plain. No hills, no mountains, no valleys is plain. And it's a type of how our own lives are. All of us are born almost equal. Are we together? There's no difference between him and him now. Maybe someone is coming first in class. Maybe someone is coming second in class. But there's no difference. Your potentials at this point, anything is possible for you. Are we together? As a child, as a young boy, as a young lady... Anything is possible for you in Padanaram. Padanaram is the place where you begin to dream. It's the place where you begin to try to distinguish yourself. It's the place where you begin to say, you know what, I see a great future for myself. And because of the great future I see for myself, these are the things I can do and these are the things I must not do. 
Hello? In the place of the pain, all of us are born in Paranama. We are born in a plain place. If you saw me as a young boy, you cannot predict my future. I didn't grow up in Lagos. Agege was better than where I was growing up. Hey, Lori. Lori is good now. Lori is good. I grew up in Ogidi. You know where that is? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll put it on the map. But I grew up in Lori, and if you look at me, you see this young boy running around playing football every day. Football was my football, football ball was my first word in this world. Ball. And every day, can I go and play? Yes. Okay. Come back by six thirty. Okay. If you come back after six thirty, we'll beat you. Okay. I'll come back by seven. After a while, you say, "Look, every minute you come late, one stroke." Do you agree? I agree. I'll go and play. I will forget. I'll come back. I'll just discover at seven ten that six thirty has passed. I say, "I've died today." So I'll go home. They will say, my uncles will say, oh yeah, go and cut what we used to beat you. So I'll go and cut. <laughs> I'll go and cut very big cane. They will say, you want us to kill you? <laughs> Just get away from this place. There's no way you can see a young person and feel this will be a CEO, this will be a business entrepreneur, this will be a president. You will not know. All of us are on the plane. It is in that plane that you begin to catch a glimpse of what God has in plan for you and you, get, you begin to get distinguished. So, and it's not a function of age. It's a stage. If you are in that space where you have not gotten the picture of the future that God will make happen for you, you are still in Padarama. For Joseph, that's where he had the dream that began to make his brothers hate him. Are we together? The Bible says he had a dream. And in that dream he said he saw that they all went to the farm to plant their sheaves and he planted his own sheaves and his own brother's sheaves bowed down to his own. I said, hey, so you, you, you will rule over us. Are you alright? What kind of nonsense dream are you dreaming? Is there anybody here today who is, you are the last born, you are the last born in your family, can I see your hand? You may understand with Joseph a little bit, particularly if you have 12 elder brothers or 11. You know what last borns do? They are errand boys. One is sending you on errand. You have not come back, and now one is sending you on errand. You believe me? <laughs> this is also, also, last one. It's the last one. <laughs> That's your work. You're, 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 you're trained to be a messenger. Are we? But you have been prepared for service. Are we together? In the eyes of man, he may be using you, but in the eyes of God, God is preparing you. Joseph was in that place where you have. The other brothers, some of them, the age difference is a lot too. Joseph was like second to the last before Benjamin. And Benjamin was, you know, in some families, the second to the last born is even the real problem. Because the last born, everybody is cherishing the last born. He's a charmer. So the, mommy will keep that one. Mommy's pet. But you that nobody is, you are last born for a while. You are not anybody's pet. Errant. So for Joseph to come and say he saw himself becoming greater than them, didn't make sense to them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in the place of plain is where you begin to get the visions of God. In that place is where his father decorated him with a cloth of many colors. Ladies and gentlemen, at this stage of your life where all that connects you with your possibilities is your dream, nothing in your reality says it. Are we together? You need to begin to ask yourself, how can I be distinguished? And ladies and gentlemen, when you begin to talk about the things that God is showing you, people are not going to fall in love with you. They're going to begin to beef you. The plane is where you begin to have beef. Beef, you know? Do they call it beef these days? Beef. Yeah, okay. what's, what's his own self? He's too proud. She talks too much. Only you. You'll be this, you'll be that, you'll be that, you'll be that. Even your common, common your resource self, you're not dreaming well. Just dream you have. Parahama is the place where you begin to dream. Now, you will assume that after he dreamt, Bible says he slept again and he dreamt another dream. This time around, he included his father and his mother in the dream. He didn't dream less, he dreamt more. Are we together? It means, listen, no matter what's happening to you, you need to ensure that nothing, nothing steals 
the vision of the possibility of the future you have. Many of us are suffering from terrible self-esteem because of the things that people around us say to us. And the first place to begin to believe God's report, are we together? It's not when you are sick and you are saying I'm well. The place to begin to be- believe God's report is when you know that even though I am living in Agege, even though it doesn't look like I have enough money to even survive, I know that today may be dark. There is greatness in my future. And I will not surrender it to any opinion that anybody has because he feels you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that. It doesn't matter what they think. God's report about me is what matters. I we together. So I grew up in Illinois. I grew up in a place where you look at him. But I knew. Somewhere in my heart I knew that there's this world. No, I will be I will be great. I will be inspiring. I will be phenomenal. And it doesn't matter where my background is. I know what my future is. And it's a matter of time. It's all a matter of time. And then from, the, from Panorama, something happened to Joseph. Joseph was thrown into a pit. His brothers conspired to kill him. One of them said, let's not kill him. Let's throw him into a dungeon and decide what we are going to do with him. Whether to kill him or sell him. Ladies and gentlemen, your life is not going to move like this. Your life will move like this. There are going to be high days. There are going to be low days. Are we together? You must not take the evidence for your future from what you can see. You must take it from what God has said. Whether it's going up or it's going down. Are we together? I remember times in my life when I felt disappointed. You know, God has promised you great things will happen and then you see the reality and it doesn't look like it. Tell your neighbor whatever is going on that is not... Tell your neighbor whatever is going on with you now that is not taking you to where you thought you were going is temporary. Oh, it's temporary. I've had those temporary setbacks in my own life. It's temporary. 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 Oh, I've had seasons of my life where everything aligned with the vision. And I've had times when it didn't. Where it looked like, what's going on here? Where it looks like, is this what we planned? It's a pit experience. I'm somewhere where it doesn't make sense for a while. There's nobody to help you. There's only one place to cry out to is God. And where you are is not higher than where you're coming from is lower. Pit. Joseph was thrown into a pit. And I said to people, in the pit, nobody will hear you except God. That's where your prayer life is developed. I remember as a young person, after my encounter with God as well, I would ask people, why are people praying for long? I didn't just understand it. Five minutes prayer should be okay now. What are you talking about? God, good morning. Thank you. This is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. Finish. But somewhere in the, one of the seasons of the pit in my life, I realized you can pray for four hours. Oh, I realized as a teenager that you can pray for four hours every day. I remember one season in my life, I was so so passionate and drawn into prayer, I decided to organize prayer meeting. So I had my friends who would come to my house every day so that we can pray. And after one day, one day we prayed and the Holy Spirit came down. Now, the Holy Spirit came down every day. But that particular day, it was a special day. How do I know? People started knocking on our door to say, what's going on here? Say, we are praying. Can we join you? Can we join you? So that day, people just joined. It was... <laughs> People joined so much that for the first time, this prayer that we were having that was a secret prayer meeting, my father started hearing noise. My father came with stick. <laughs> hey, what's going on? My father grew up in a Baptist environment. I never heard people speaking in tongues. Everybody was speaking in tongues in that room. Who are praying? Someone was on the table. Someone on the chairs. There was a prayer revival going on in the house. Kilo said, let me. What's going on? Was Jesus out? And banned us from praying. So we doubled down and prayed more. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying there are things in your life where you realize the only person that I can really, really share my heart with and tell how it is going and have confidence that my future is secured is God. Pete. 
From the pits, he gets sold. He gets sold to where? Where did he go from pits? Potiphar's house. Hello? Where is Potiphar's house? Potiphar's house was in Egypt. But Potiphar's house is that place in your life where you will find the opportunity to walk and develop skills that you didn't even have before. Hello? When you get to your great future, there are skills you will need. You will need to develop them before you get there. Hello? I was telling some people in my office yesterday, they were asking, what if you don't like your job? How do you do it when you don't like what you are doing? So I shared with them, I said, look, you remember that Cinderella story? Or that story of a princess who kissed a frog and the frog became a prince? I was together. You know that story? <laughs> I have learned the story. And he's saying, sometimes before you find the prince, you may kiss a frog. And what does that really mean? It means you will find yourself doing some work that you don't like. But it's preparing you to be able to handle other things in your future that will be useful. And I'll tell you something. Many of us who are talented in one particular area don't want to do anything else. Just give me the microphone, let me sing. Just give me the keyboard, let me play. Some of the biggest problems I have with, is with people who, I am good in this area, I don't know anything about that area, leave that area alone. If you are going to be able to get into the greatness that God has in stock for you, you will pass through Potiphar. In Potiphar, you will be sent assignments to go and manage a farm. You go and be asked to manage the house. You go and be asked to manage cleaning. Bible says Joseph functioned in almost every available office in Potiphar's house until Potiphar put him in charge of everything. So much so that Potiphar only knew about one thing, his food. Potiphar just comes to the house and says, I've come. They give him his food. They point him to his room. He wakes up in the morning. He has no care for anything else in this world because Joseph has it under lock and key. Are we together? Potiphar's house is a place of training. If you look at his final life as prime minister, if you listen to the solution that he proscribed of how the country will be managed, there is no way he could have gotten to be the person who would do that job if he had not passed through Potiphar's house. Hello? Potiphar's house is a place where normal people complain. All this work I'm doing, what's it for? What? They don't even value me in this place. I'm a slave. They're just using me and using me and using me and using me. Does it sound like you're complaining? But Joseph was not complaining. Joseph soaked in every opportunity, made the most of every opportunity, and said, you know what? Let me grow in this place. Let me maximize this opportunity. Let me expand in this place. Let me... He was a slave. He wasn't collecting salary. They paid in advance to buy him. You know what I told myself when I got my first job? I, I, and this is something very popular I always told people back then. I said, this job I'm doing, I'm still in school. This job is still school for me. My salary at the end of every month is my scholarship. I'm not here for what I can earn. I'm here for what I can learn. Because the time is coming in the future when I will graduate from this school. And at that time, I will pay myself what I choose to pay myself. Are we together? You need to recognize that in your journey, there must be places you find yourself where you tell yourself, People may be going around and say, how much are you collecting? How much is your salary? It doesn't matter your salary. It matters what value is being added to you because that value will turn to something much more than for salary. So, some of my friends say, ah, there's a new job opportunity. I know why I'm here. I'm here to learn. This company that I'm working with, had, uh, before, when, I, when, I, when I was employed, the company had existed for 167 years. The company had been alive for 167 years. It's an American company. So I told myself, if I work in a company that has been around for 107 years, I will learn how to build something that will last for 107 years. Let me learn. What are they doing? What's, okay, principles, purpose, values. And you, as in the company, you'll be looking at the company's 
principles, values. You'll be asking, is this a seminary? Is it a theological school? But the guys had learned, if you are going to run something that is built to last, you must build it around solid values. Are you in Potiphar's house? Are you lamenting? Are you complaining? Whenever you find yourself, don't complain, don't lament. The way to get yourself out of what God is doing is by complaining. The way to position yourself inside what God is doing is by recognizing that God is in charge, God is the one training you, working on you. Be grateful. Because if you bungle the lesson in Potiphar's house, you will bungle the next lesson, Potiphar's wife. Hello? Potiphar's wife is the next place. Potiphar handed over everything to Joseph except his wife. But the wife handed herself over to Joseph. I'll tell you something. I don't know if it happens. I'm sure it still happens these days. Young, young men want to feel good by counting their conquests. There was this joke, and he joked one time. Say some guys stayed somewhere, and some girls were passing. And they told themselves, if the girl passes and you have slept with her, just shoot once. Pshaw! The one girl passed. One girl passed. Somebody said, just open the machine, go. <laughs> if you are somebody in whose life God is at work, one of the things that you need to begin to recognize is that you must learn to say no to what people would normally say yes to. Are we together? The Bible says the adulterer will seek for the precious soul. The Bible says by means of a worried woman is a man's life reduced to a piece of bread. Listen, no. the Bible says it says woe unto you when all men speak well of you. No, let me, let, me, let me even give you this one. It says, when you pray in the secret, and only God sees you praying, he rewards you openly. But if you make your prayer a show, you already have your reward. Now let me tell you what people. If a lady gets involved in illicit sexual practices, she can get pregnant. She already has a reward. It's public. If a guy gets involved, nobody knows. Are we together? It's a secret. God will reward you. Personally. What am I saying? I'm saying, if your life is valuable, the devil will attempt it. And one of the easy prayers that guys fall into is sex. Outside the context ordained by God. As a teenager, and I don't know how God did it for me, but there was a scene in my life where for almost three consecutive months, I had what back then we would call opportunity. Opportunity. What's what it was? It's not being used. What's wrong now? And the only thing that kept me was a voice of God in my ear saying, once you do this, you will not be able to say you didn't. That, that record will be done. And I don't know why it was precious to me to be able to say I didn't. Now what am I saying? I'm saying when you have the opportunity to work and serve and learn and grow in Potiphar's house, another twin reality that will come is temptations. And temptations have the capacity to derail you. I, I know people who by virtue of lifestyles and decisions that they made in their past I've had to cope with things that I've never had a challenge with because they follow that path. When God says don't follow a particular path, it's because there's wisdom in it beyond what you can realize. I went together. I remember 2000 and, 2000, sometime in 2003, I went to Poland. And that's where this scripture began to make sense to me. I went to Poland for a meeting and it was very cold and I wanted to eat. So I asked them, what do they have as food? And all the food that they had, I didn't understand it. Except one. Bread. Then I traveled to Geneva. And I saw that the food was different. 
But there's one food that they have that I understood. Bread. So I went to France. I went to a few countries, Thailand, and I realized that every country, even if you understand what they are eating, every one of them has bread. Bible says by means of the worldly woman is a man reduced to a piece of bread. It means that your life will be a lowest common denominator by virtue of staring off into a direction that reduces your value. That's what the devil does. The devil doesn't wait for you to get to your greatness before he attacks you. The devil can see your greatness. So he says every young boy under the age of two kill them because Moses is there. Every young boy under the age of two, kill them because Jesus is there. The devil doesn't wait for you to become CEO before he plants his nuclear bomb. He plants it when you are 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. And he keeps it there with timer. I say when he blows, I will blow. Are we together? So what will blow you when you blow is already on you. Are we together? And the opportunity you give it in the seasons of your early temptations and your training is the opportunity to have. I have a friend who, when we were in school, and I will call him my friend. When we were in school, I'm like, ah, guy, what's wrong with you now? It's as if three girls, three ladies at the same time feel they are going out with him. He's creating the impression. Ah, I love you. And then I love you. And then he's loving them in a decentralized way on the blockchain of his romantic relationship. Spontaneously, well done. Until one day, it wasn't a big problem. He graduated with it. It wasn't a big problem. Where it became a big problem was he got into an interesting reality show on live TV, 30 million people watching, and then he impregnated somebody on that show. This was before Big Brother Niger. By the time they finished the show, the lady was already showing. And, of course, gave birth to the child, but he, be- he just put a number of other complications around his life. It didn't make any sense. The devil doesn't target you in greatness. No, the devil understands that. What can we get on him? Let's plant it now. And that's why in your early stages in your life, you need to begin to understand God's word, what God wants, and begin to tell yourself, God, for Bible says for Daniel, he said they kept themselves away from the king's delicacies. Why? Because they know, look, where we are going is farther than this. And we need to prepare. I'll give you three, four places. Paranaman, Pete, what next? Potiphar, what next? Potiphar's wife. And then from there to where? prison. Hello? Have you been to prison before? Please, please, please. Let's do this exercise. You have been to prison before. Can I see your hand? Or police detention? Only me and uh... Let me show your hand. I want to see the great people there. Me too, yes. We're in good company. You too. You too. Good. Behind the counter. Prison. <laughs> eh? Counter. Counter is okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not motivating you to go to prison. No. But if you look at the people who have gone behind counter to prison, that raise up their hands here, you can see a little bit of a pattern. Many people are very careful about the way they live their lives and they don't amount to anything. Are we together? Are we together? I like what the Bible says in Matthew 25, I think it's verse 31. It says, it is criminal. Message transition. There's a place in that verse where he told him, look, it is, how can you not use your one talent? You kept it on that bushel. It's criminal. Your play is criminal to live cautiously like that. Good, that's it, verse 28. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was under the best, why did you do less than the least? Ladies and gentlemen, prison is a place also of testing. And I don't mean prison in a literal sense. Some of us have been privileged to go behind counter, into cell, in the literal sense. I remember when my own happened. 
It wasn't for anything I did. It was just because I was 20-something years old and I was driving a jeep. And the police officer felt, where did I get the money from? And I'm talking about 17, 16, 17 years ago. So 17 years ago, I was driving this Pajero jeep. I bought two. I had a deal. <laughs> I did a deal that got me. And I was driving it, going somewhere, and then they stopped me. And then they asked, whose car is this? I say it's my own. Say you. How old are you? I told him my age. He said, eh. He said, you know what I'm going to do now? I said, well, he said, I'm going to book you for dangerous driving. I said, how did I drive dangerously? He said, you are driving dangerously. Because the Lord told you, they asked me to come out of the car. It was at the advent of GSM. Thank God for GSM. Because there was no phone the year before. So I told the person beside me, I said, tell them in the office. And I'm with police. They took me to the police station, collected my phone, collected my shirt, collected my trouser, left me in my boxer. If you didn't do anything wrong, and you're wearing boxer in police station, you're a criminal. You will look like a criminal. That's how, how, how everybody looks. I couldn't call anybody. The first of all, moving behind counter. And after a while, I said, put him in the cell. That cell. I can remember that cell. God prepared me for that cell. How did God prepare me? Two weeks before I ended up in that cell, God had led me to a place where I joined them for prison evangelism. And we went to preach in that cell. When I went to preach in that cell, I was afraid when I was in that cell. Everywhere was black. Only one small opening like this. It's a alausa. Alausa, the, the, the cell there. Before you can see the light, you have to climb on somebody who climbs on somebody. A very tall place, but dark. So if I was thrown into that place normally, I would not get myself. But because I've been there before, I was able to acclimatize. As soon as I got there, somebody called me and said, what, what did you do? I said, I didn't do anything. Say all of us here, yeah, we didn't do anything. Yes, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> all of us are innocent. But what did you do? I said, they booked me for dangerous driving. See, eh? you get a car. <laughs> I said, I get a car. He said, where your car? I said, it's outside. Yeah, let me climb it. Let me see the car. Can I see the car? What kind of car is it? Long story for another day. Prison is that place where you lose your luxuries, you lose your privileges. You are more likely to be thinking of yourself more than anybody else. But in prison, Joseph still decides to think about others. In prison, I don't think about anybody. Else. I think about yourself. How do I get here? How do I get out? The Bible says the next morning. When the baker and the butler, the Bible says they woke up, their face was looking sad in prison. Everybody's face is looking sad. Joseph took note that their face was looking sad. And he said, something is going on with you guys. What's the problem? I said, ah, we had one dream. It's a dream. That's my area of specialization. You dreamt. Tell me the dream. When the man told the dream, ah, Joseph said, your dream is a very fine dream. It means that in three days' time, you're going back. They're going to promote you. You get back to town. Please, when you get back to town, forget me not. When the butler saw the dream, it was very good. But the person that, first of all, <laughs> said, let me tell you my own too. <laughs> my own dream, is <laughs> a similar dream. Ah. Say your own dream means that you will cut your head off in three days. You are finished. But what exactly is going on here? In prison, you have a scenario where the last thing you should be thinking about is others. But if you have already been trained to understand that greatness is in service, you make up your mind that wherever you are, you ask yourself, how can I make life better for others? The way to the king's palace is always through the servants' quarters. 
The way to the king's palace is always through the servant's quarters. The only way you will ever get to greatness is service. And even in prison, you can serve. I remember in my secondary school, we used to write some things on the wall. You write your nickname. Zakoko was here. Are we? Yeah. I don't know what they write there these days. They write some very crazy things. Uh, Ayomi, 2019. Uh-huh. Some people put their pastime at documenting their conquests and also things on the wall. Prison is the place where people are normally lamenting. Prison. If you've ever been to prison for evangelism, everybody has a problem. So after they slapped me and rustled me up, they now realize that this guy is not going to be long here. His case is not a complex case. They just drive in. So after they, first of all, harassed me, harassed me, harassed me. After a while, they sobered up. And then they started coming to me. Okay? It's like, you live here before also. I don't do anything, no. They didn't allow me to call my family. When you get out, can you call my family? Please. Let them come and check me here. What's your phone number? 080. No paper. You have to memorize it. But very quickly in prison, everybody realizes, everybody has problems. Everybody's thinking about their problems. Joseph was able to go beyond his own problems, realize these guys have challenges, and he made himself able to solve. He wasn't there for me. I was there for one, for maybe three hours. I've had a number of near misses as well. And if you, if you are doing business boldly and courageously, you will have altercations. And if you are living your life carefully, you will not have any problems and you will not achieve anything. Are we together? So there's a borderline. I've been invited by SSS. They've invited me before as well. They invited me before I was 30. Comes with, every day comes with day and night. There's the day part and there's the night part. But in prison, this, this is my, our guy, spent about two years in this prison. He told the man, when you get out, remember me. The man got out and God made sure that he forgot him. Because God will make everybody that needs to forget you, forget you until your time has come. Can you say amen? Everybody you have told to remember you, to please position you, to please package you, to still arrange you and help you, they will forget you until God's appointed time in Jesus' name. Because if this man had remembered Joseph and Joseph had got out of prison before Pharaoh's dream, what will he be doing? He will be thinking about how he will relocate back to Israel. To go and suffer hunger in a few years' time. To wear a suit back. But God kept him there until he gave up on the dream of coming out. How do I know he gave up on the dream of coming back? Because by the time they now sent for him, he didn't ask Pharaoh, please, I'm innocent. He just simply solved the problem and was willing to go back if he needed to. Ladies and gentlemen, in some times in our lives, we will experience the prison stage. After prison, where did he go? Palace. Hello? If you know that I go to end up in the palace, can you say amen? Well, it's one thing to enter the palace, it's another thing to stay there. Many people will enter the palace, see the palace, look at the palace, and see go back to where they are coming from. Now, what makes you enter the stages and the place where God wants you to be in life and cross over to the next level is everything He has used to prepare you before that time. What skill did Joseph have as a talent that he was he discovered in his youthful age? He could interpret dreams. Have you? He could interpret complex, so that, that's like solving quadratic polynomials and differentiation equations. He could solve complex problems. Like people had subnominal problems. He could solve them. He could interpret dreams. But how did he learn to be, where did he learn how to be an administrator? Potiphar's house. How did he learn to be a steward in Potiphar's house? How did he learn to interpret dreams not only for himself, but for others in prison? How did he learn to talk to God in the pit? In the pit. Hello? Now listen to me. 
Why did Joseph not sleep with Potiphar's wife? Huh? Why? He's self-disciplined. Okay. Why? That's where he's going. Was he wrong? Was he wrong to sleep with Potiphar's wife? What made it wrong? Who said it is wrong? Where did God say so? Eh? Leviticus. I like this man. In the book of Leviticus. Leviticus was not existing when Joseph was alive. Moses was not born. Eh? How did he know he was wrong? There was no law. There was no Moses. There was no Mount Sinai. Nothing had come down. He spoke from a place of a personal relationship with God. God already began to relate with him without law. You know, these days we say law is over. We're in the season of grace. Joseph can give you a clear picture of what grace should look like. There was no law. Everything he had learned, what the things he had learned from his relationship with his father, who had taught him based on what he had heard from his relationship with his father, Abraham, Isaac, Abraham, and then his own relationship with God, he had learned. No. We don't do it like this. Hello? God is passing you through seasons. Make the most of them. God is going to take you through other seasons. Make the most of them. If greatness is in your future, your life will go in this kind of shape, but your eyes will stay steadfast on the end that you are going because God's plan for you will weather every storm. Hello? Ah, that man, God blessed him. From when he was 17, his entire business, it was just growing, 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 growing. It's not a Bible story. It doesn't happen like that. There are seasons that God will use to train you, test you, try you, make you solid. Are we together? And you don't need 50 years to learn it. God can, God can train, if you surrender yourself and submit your life, God can grill you, train you, develop you, and package you in your useful years. And by the time you are 25, 26, 27, you can be running an enterprise. And in the world we are living in today now, the skill sets are changing. I we together. The skill sets are changing. Meaning, there are things you can know that I don't know. There are some things that if I talk about today, generations, even some generations that should know that are younger, they are lost. And that's what knowledge is. As the knowledge is increasing, and the scope, as in, there are fields where people will be lost. But God, it means that in that generation as well, God is beginning to pick people, point people who are aligned with him and can enjoy his unforced rhythms of grace. Ladies and gentlemen, your background is not your limiting point. Amen. It doesn't matter where you are born, how you are born, who your parents are. I'm wrapping up. Thank you. That's not what matters. What matters is, has God given you a glimpse of the future? And are you willing to be committed to it? I'll tell you a final story and I'll close. Three years ago, listen, the true life story. Three years ago, a young person in the 20s buzzed me and said, Sir, you came to speak in my city many years ago. And I collected your number then, about seven years ago. I am working on something that I think you have insight into. I would like to show you what I'm doing. He said, come. And he came and he showed me, he's not finished, he's still far from, but I want to do this. I need mentorship, I need support. I need a lot of things to get it going. I just said I should come and show you to see if you'll be interested. So I said to him, okay. I like what you're doing, I can support you. So I said, where are you staying? 
He said, well, I'm not even staying in Nigeria. I just came briefly. And I intend to go back to my school, where I am. I said, if you want to finish this project, you can stay here now. He said, hey, I don't know him from Adam. <laughs> just didn't know me from any Adam as well. I said, there's a room here. You can stay. In my house, I've been married now for a long time. Sorry, don't, I don't want to scare you. But I'll be 18 years this year in my marriage. And in my house, more than 12 people have lived in my house. Those 18 years. I've, over seven people have left my house. The reason why they left is because they got married. Married from my house. So that's the kind of arrangement. I don't believe, I believe every room we have in the house is available. Our family should be a disciple-making factory. I said, you can come and stay here. How long will it take you? Three months. Come and stay here. Three months, six months, one year, one year, six months. The project did not finish. Eventually, the project finished. And the company was launched. And he came and said, ah, this company wants to go, wants to launch it. I would like you to be on the board of the company as well for all your support. I said, no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I want to support anywhere I can. Cut the long story short, this company, as of today, based on investors, foreign and local, the company is valued at $17 million. The CEO is a 20-something-year-old young guy who, who I met a few years ago on my own assignment to do the work that God has asked me to do. And in another, in another maximum two years, we anticipate that the company will be worth at least $200 million. Now, what am I saying to you? I'm saying, don't let anybody deceive you. That you are too young, that you are too tall, too fat, too short, too old, too queer, too out of place. There is nothing that your eyes, the eyes of your imagination can capture. There's nothing that is real in your desire that cannot become your reality in time if you subject yourself to the process and the places that God will pass you through. Are you with me? So as you pass through those junctions in life, recognize where you are. Am I in the pit? Am I in Potiphar's house? Is this Potiphar's wife? Is this the palace? Am I prime minister yet? Or am I still in Paranama? Recognize where you are in the journey. Make the necessary adjustments. And may God guide us to the great futures he has in plan for us in Jesus' name. Powered by Fairhaven's Christian Center.